what do we think people are struggling with right now that they could so easily, this is an easy, we're going to give them all the tools for something simple, you know, like, okay, so we're talking about embracing change. I'm sorry, easier said than done at certain pinnacle points, but this topic, it don't overthink it. Keep it simple. We're going to, we're going to walk you through this from A to Z and it, just this one thing will change their life. Welcome to the Let's Be Real podcast, genuine conversations for authentic living. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Lisa Allshafer, empowerment life coach and author. And I'm Sandra Pariser, health and wellness entrepreneur. And today, in today's episode, we're going to talk about going from chaos to control with the power of self-discipline. As John Maxwell put it, motivation gets you started, but discipline keeps you going. And, you know, one of the things that I have seen over and over again is people go to a seminar, like a Tony Robbins seminar or some, you know, there's, there's a lot of energy in the room, especially when you got thousands of people like Tony Robbins has, right, Sandra? So it's Oh, like, yeah, I've been there, done that. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you are so pumped up. up and everyone is just, my life is going to change from here on in. And, and it's true, but it's, you know, the energy, you are riding on the energy of the speaker, you're riding on the energy of the people around you. And so once you leave that, I mean, if you've, if you've been, been there or know someone who's been there, you're good. You might be good for maybe a day, maybe a week, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe even a couple months. But what happens is you start to peter out. <laughs> the energy starts to diminish. And sometimes it's literally within a few days. Then like, what happened? It's like, well, you're not in that, that, that intense and high energy anymore. Um, and now you got to rely um, on yourself. And to piggyback off of our last podcast, which would be the vibrational frequency. When you're running out of an event like that, like you're radiating, your vibration is just so much mm -hmm. higher. Uh, you're all charged up and it's like, okay, how do we keep that vibration high? Higher, when it yeah. naturally comes down because you're like, you know what, it needs to balance itself out. Yes. And so, you know, that so many people, if you're going from chaos to control and, and, and self-discipline being one of those key factors in doing that, so many people are trying to take control of things they don't have control over. <laughs> and what self-discipline does is it brings the control back into yourself to where you get to have a healthy control over your life with the things you do have the ability to control. So if we look at self-discipline, just the essence of what self-discipline is, it's really aligning your, your thoughts um, and your emotions and your behaviors and actions and choices all towards a goal that you want to achieve, right? Can so, I put it in a different way? Sure. Yes, that's true. But in Sandra's realm, <laughs> mm -hmm. self-discipline is following through on a commitment that you made, whether mm -hmm. it's to someone or something or yourself. Right now we're going to talk about self because that's the name of the game, but it operates just as equally with giving your word to somebody else. So self-discipline is, you know, keeping your promise, just keeping your commitment and keeping your promise no matter what. Absolutely. And the more you keep your commitments to yourself, it becomes, it, it, 
it naturally goes over into how you keep commitments with others. It's just like about most things. The more you respect yourself, the more respectful you are towards others. The more loving you are to yourself, the more loving you are towards others. So the more you are aligned in that kind of thinking and, and lifestyle with self-discipline, it's you're just it just is now in, embodied within you and it's ingrained within you so that you just naturally show up that way with others too. But that's a great point. Yeah. So the benefits, you know, Lisa and I were talking about this over the last however many days, like, what do we think people are struggling with right now that they could so easily, this is an easy, we're going to give them all the tools for something simple, you know, like, okay, so we're talking about embracing change. I'm sorry, easier said than done at certain pinnacle points, but this topic, it don't overthink it keep it simple. We're going to, we're going to walk you through this from A to Z and it just, this one thing will change their life. Keeping your promise to yourself. Yeah. So anyway, powerful. powerful. Yeah. And yeah. If you think of self-discipline, most people think of self-discipline when it comes to their health. That's one of the top things people think about when it comes to self-discipline, getting to the gym or doing some sort of exercise, eating right, all those types of things. And yet look how many people struggle with that. But ultimately, once you get your, your, your routine down and once you start to do it, you, everybody knows you feel better. Everybody knows this, right? So health is obviously a, a main example with that. Um, I think, too, family is important because as you commit to yourself, right, you also commit to your family. And one of the things, uh, uh, an experience I had with you and Alan that was really heartwarming for me was when we were in Sedona and we were all three sitting around at the dinner table, you know, at a restaurant and, you know, you went and uh, uh, kind of stepped to the side. We were, it was an outdoor cafe type of thing. It was loud. Yeah, it was loud. And uh, uh, you, were, you were FaceTiming with your girls, your two girls. And I just was like, that is so awesome because you have you have traditions in your family, but just that, that touch point of making sure that your connection stays, stays firm when you're out of town and obviously when you're home and all that. So go a little bit into how self-discipline in that way and keeping those types of traditions or those types of, um, you know, commitments to, to the girls and to your family, how that's impacted your family and you. You know, I, I really have to give it to Alan in, in at least the, the structuring of like my husband, if you're in a relationship, it's so, you know, really appreciate the strength of your spouse and, and lean into them and lean on them. And he, no matter, we used to have a a very, very, very busy travel life. And, um, our girls were born in 2012 and 2014. And at that time we were, uh, rapidly advancing, winning president's clubs, traveling all the time. I mean, you remember Lisa, we were, that was when I broke through my, my limitation on income. Um, but yeah, so we had decided when we, when we, when we had two little girls who are two years apart, um, that we wanted them to grow up with security and safety and feel loved and not have the childhoods that we had. Um, but we also knew that we wanted to raise them independent. We didn't want them going, my mommy's, you know, and again, go back to infancy because it started with our girls. Like it was very intentional. It was a conversation my husband and I had at, you know, like, how do we want to raise the kids? 
And I wanted them to feel safe and secure no no matter where mommy and daddy were around the world. Actually, at the time we were Mm -hmm. Russia and Africa and in in Europe and uh, um, so, you know, we wanted them no matter what to feel mommy and daddy are right here. No matter where we are, we are right in your heart always. And so, um, we were blessed enough to find it wasn't a blessing. It was an intention, Lily, who operated as a second mom. So no matter where we were, um, you know, we called them my husband just every day, FaceTime every day. And I thought, isn't that disruptive? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to upset the kids when we're not there. You know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want them to think about us when we're not there. And it was like, oh no, this will make them feel safer. And, right. and it did. And it was something, no matter where we were, where we went, no matter what, um, is to reach out and touch them. And whether it's, uh, whether we were missing celebrations, we never missed their birthdays or any big celebrations like that. Um, but yeah, continuing with our, our traditions and seeing them and thank God for technology. There are some benefits for sure. And, uh, FaceTime is one of them. So we're always connecting, uh, in. You know, and that's just something I've always admired about you and Alan and the girls. And you've always been that way since I've known you. And uh, I think it's important because, you know, I'm a single mom, so I don't have, uh, and my son's grown now, (laughs) but, you know, I I didn't really have a lot of traditions and that that structure um, in in my um, either growing up really or in... um, my own parenting style. We were pretty much, you know, freewheeling most of the time and, and just doing, we were together a lot though. So most of the time, but it's, I think it's important for people who are parents or whatnot to recognize that if you have chaos in your life, it does breed insecurity and it does breed in, you know, instability. Uh, I've worked with people who have gone you know, from foster home to foster home when they were growing up. And one of their biggest needs today as an adult is is security and stability. And so when you have that self-discipline, it provides such those things that are so, so important to, to our kids and to ourselves. And if we don't have it as kids, we usually end up having some sort of an adult experience around insecurity and instability. And, you know, as, as we go forward with, um, with right now and talking about self-discipline, the discipline was easy when they were infants and toddlers and youngsters and preschoolers mm-hmm. and early, you know, kindergarten, first grade, second grade. And then they get bigger and they start mm-hmm. to have minds of their own. Yes. And hence you roll into a whole other level of discipline. And mm-hmm. uh, especially in uh, 2023, where they're exposed to things that, uh, I don't even want to discuss what my, let's just say my 11 year old accidentally as she was on her school computer, maybe she was on my husband's, either one, which are parent controlled to the nines Mm -hmm. was exposed to literally uh, triple X rated male and female Mm -hmm. backwards, like a dog kind of let's go there. I mean, Mm -hmm. and, and, and then she was so insecure. uh, She didn't want me to see it. And I'm like, like she did something wrong. Yeah. Like she, of course, like yeah. she did something wrong. And so, you know, we take that situation and I'm like, honey, give me the computer. It's not up for negotiation. Right. And she is like putting up a fight and I'm like, give me the computer, give me the computer. 
and she was trying to delete it. Anyway, I saw it. She saw that I saw it. And I said, oh, sweet baby, come here. And I just gave her a hug. I said, uh, you didn't do anything wrong. Right. Like you didn't do, I'm sorry. You can't unsee what you saw, but you did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, anyway, parent, parenting changes quickly. Oh yeah. All so many, so many phases we go through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and it never ends, you know, it's just yeah. the adult phases, not the child phases, you know, that continues on as we go. So, yeah. you know, again, when it comes to personal, our own personal growth, you know, self-discipline like meditation or journaling or even doing the pro you know processing your emotions there's so many different modalities and the, the one that I um have and created and use in my practice is called the eye care approach and it doesn't take long it's simple it's all written out you just got to follow it and whatnot and yet it's still <laughs> something that you know, people have to actually use to have the effects of really allowing that emotion to come through when it's intense and and so forth. You know what? Talk about discipline. So I've been doing the eye care approach since I met you. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm using it consistently and constantly, typically until recently, uh, and when I say recently, probably in the last three years or so, um, I would use it when I was defeated. I would use it when I was forced and backed into a corner. Oh God, there's nothing else. I care. I care. Right. And I would, I could put myself through the process because I did it so many times in the beginning, but now because I've done it and I'm sure you're the same, um, you've done the I care approach just as much as probably anybody that you've been teaching, of course, because it's, it's a tool. You need it in your toolbox. And you know, now it is so simple for me because I've done it so many times. It's almost like a reflex. If I'm really, if something's coming up for me and I'm like, oh, I just go, oh, I care. Okay. You know, and within a minute, I'm able to diffuse or feel through whatever emotion is really um, overwhelming me. It doesn't do, it doesn't happen very often anymore. Um, but that's because I've been practicing for so many years. And it's kind of like a a martial art. You know, when you first learn a martial art, you really go, you know, strategically through different ways, the different steps. But when you're a black belt, it looks like it's one fluid motion. (laughs) And that's similar to the eye care approach. You know, you learn the different steps and what you're actually doing and you understand the concept behind it and all that. And we'll we'll probably add some of that into future episodes around the eye care approach because I think it's really important to, 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 you know, to share. So... If you think about self-discipline as moving everything into alignment with, you know, where you want to go and what your goals are and everything, if you think about all the things that move us out of alignment, Mm. right? So distractions, we have so many distractions. We have, you know, um, a lot of overwhelm and fast, hurried paces in our lives and things like that. And we can be disorganized and just struggling to really achieve those goals because we're in the chaos side of things because of the lack of self-discipline. So what we want to do today is go over five things that move us towards chaos instead of self-discipline and then add a, a strategy or two for each one of those things to help you to move more towards self-discipline and get out of that chaos. So the first one, pretty common, right? It's everyone, everyone's familiar with this one and that's procrastination. Think about when you're procrastinating. 
the the stress increases, the pressure increases. Uh, you you know you might be more short with the people around you because you've got things to do and things to complete. And I think what's important on this one because a lot of people say, well, I work best under pressure. Do you really work best under pressure? <laughs> so some pressure is actually healthy. There is something that I have in my online program that I refer to, and that's the Yerkes-Dotson Law. And what it is, it's a bell curve around stress, pressure, whatever you want to put in there. And that is when we don't have enough of it, we become lazy and apathetic and we just don't really care and we're unmotivated. So that's not good. We don't want to be in that state. On the other side of the bell curve, on the right side of the bell curve, is too much pressure, too much stress. And that's where we get overwrought and overwhelmed and burned out and frazzled. And we don't want to be over there either. It's kind of like Goldilocks and the three bears. We need to find the just right. <laughs> and that's at the top of the bell curve where there is pressure that's enough to get us moving and enough to keep us going to put a little bit of fire underneath us, but not to where it's burning us up. And so that's why the right amount of pressure is good, which is why deadlines are good because it puts that that little heat underneath us that we need to meet that deadline. But when we procrastinate, we wait till the last minute. Now we're on the right side of the bell curve and we're burning up. And that's not where. You and know, almost not even that. I mean, it's when you procrastinate yeah. and every single person listening to this can understand that the procrastination will lead to so many self-defeating feelings. And at least for me with pro procrastinate, every single one of us has been through procrastination. It's, oh, oh yeah. I'll get to it tomorrow. Oh, you know what? Lisa, the laundry's dirty again. Mm -hmm. Guess what? <laughs> the laundry, the laundry's always the, I use the laundry because that's just kind of one of those things for me or the kitchen's dirty or I have to clean the dishes. And, and just as somebody that like me, I, uh, I like a very clean home. I like a non-cluttered home. I, have kids and a husband, it's hard. So if that's the way that I am, that gets carved into my calendar because I know that that's important to me, right? So I, I don't use it as a distraction. Believe me when I say, if there's something going on on the laundry and I got other stuff to do, it's the last thing I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And then it can run the gamut. Procrastination. It's like, you know, Lisa, I, I think that you know, your decision to do your 30 day walk mm -hmm. and my decision, my decision to commit to 21 days of a very, very restrictive sugar-free all the way across the board, um, diet for me, it wasn't about weight loss. It was about self-discipline and what you got out of it, what I get out of it. it, it and, and I'm almost there Friday's my day and, right. uh, and I will have completed it. And, you know, it, this was a, a thing that you did that it's so easy to stop. Mm -hmm. It's, it's so easy to quit. Why? Because you're doing it for yourself. You're not, you know, you're not under a deadline, right? Deadlines when you're working are great because they keep you focused and not distracted. And it depends on what you're doing or if you have a project, right? It's got to get done. I have a lot going on. They, everything needs to get done for me. As far as my business goes, I have until noon on the first of the following month and I got big goals and that's easy for me to focus on because it's so, it's a no brainer. It's the self-discipline that really I've, I've, I've gotten a lot out and I think that you have too. 
and that's in our different um, things that can distract us for sure. So with procrastination, I'm going to give you the latest example because this is all about how we're doing in real life. At the same time, I really think that we should definitely address that the world is spinning fast and I'm a pretty busy body on a normal day. I, listen, I'm a busy body when I got nothing to do. So, but right now it feels uh, just where we're at that it, it's moving real fast. So this busyness that, you know, you and I know this, like I busy was like my least favorite word in the dictionary. It still is, but I'm busy and I I'm loving it. Like, I'm like, all right, let's go on to the next thing, next thing, because things are starting to pick up at a speed that uh, just feels really good uh, for, for, for me as people move through. So here's my procrastination example. I've got a daughter. I love her. Her birthday was yesterday. Aurora, her name, Aurora. She was named after the Aurora Borealises. Anyway, little lovely light. I, in, in, and, uh, Lisa, you know this, she's really a, a special child. Um, she loves people. Uh, her and I, interestingly enough, are color coded the same, which that'll be a, a, a podcast we'll do at some point in time. Cause it's fun. Um, we're very similarities and personalities are, we value fun. If you can't bring fun to the table, we really don't want much part in it. So somehow, um, and she's been reading and talking. Do you remember the video of her talking when she was like 13 months old? She had this little piece of celery and, and we were practicing. Thank you. And she was talking. It was just amazing. She's an amazing little kid. Talking and reading and like she just walked around with books when she was walking at 11 months. Um, so she decided this semester that she didn't care. She didn't care about her grades. She didn't care about school. I think truthfully, mommy's been talking about homeschooling a little bit too much and, you know, who cares about school district and ah, okay. So we have, we have my little one who really feels and hears what mommy says and what daddy says. So, uh, she's not getting very good grades in reading and she's not getting really good grades in math. And, you know, we're not even in the middle of the first semester yet. So um, we had a little course correction and I got a hold of her teacher and I said, you know, she started going to the health office every day and she just liked to hang out in the bathroom, you know, she had to go to the bathroom. Uh, anyway, just to get away from class. For, I don't know. She just didn't care, which is so out of character for her. So anyway, we catch wind of what's happening. I get on the phone with the teacher and I said, make no mistake about it. Aurora absolutely knows math. And she just doesn't care. And she's like, Miss Schnocky, yeah, she doesn't seem like she cares. I'm like, she, she, yeah, I know. Well, she's going to start caring real quick. So we get her home, we sit her down, and I swear, with math, it's so simple. All they have to do is write on a piece of paper, five times one equals five. Five times two equals ten. So they write, you know, they write it out. And she was just so like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I, All right, well. Mommy says, this is procrastination, right? So Aurora, you can get it done quickly and then you're done. Or you can get it done and cry and whine about it the whole way and not get it done for a while. Or just get it done because you can either do it quick or you could do it slow. Either way, you're going to do it. 
You can either do it with heart and fun, or you could do it pouting the entire way. Yeah. What would you like to do? And so now we're in a rhythm. She's caught back up. She's super smart. Now we got to work on reading. Okay. Well, one thing at a time. We did the math. We did the math. But it's the procrastination thing. Like, I swear I'm sitting there watching her and she's like doodling. I'm like, just get it done because you're annoying me. (laughs) Well, you know, I, uh, my son, when he was younger, I don't know if he still does this or not, but (laughs) because he's out of the house, but you know, it was like, can't you just do it? It would take five minutes. Just do it. (laughs) But they have to go through their own little, you know, process and and pathway and all that. And, and, but even as, you know, even as adults, like, you know, there's some things that are just so simple to do and we just put it off and put it off. And what is, it's always lingering back there and it adds a little bit of weight, energetic weight to us because we know we got to do it. And so, and how do we feel when we actually do it? (sighs) We feel relief. We feel free. We feel unencumbered by the little, you know, uh, uh, background noise of things we have to do and all that. So, but yet, I mean, it's just such a human condition to procrastinate. Mm -hmm. So, so there is a wonderful book. So here's one of the strategies that comes from that book and that's Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. Love the frog. And it's actually, you can probably even find it free online, I think. Um, But either way, it's uh, the thing that you resist doing the most, which he refers to as the big, ugly frog, um, is is when you do that thing, the biggest, ugliest frog you got on your list, your to-do list, the one that you resist the most, do it first. Mm -hmm. Do it first in your day. Because a lot of times what we're doing is we're avoiding the big thing that's actually going to move us forward the most in our life. So then we get these little things done and that's fine, but the thing that's that we were resisting the most is going to create the most forward progress in our life. So just get it done. And whether that is, you know, exercise or whatnot, I find, I mean, this morning was like way too cold to go. So I'm like, I'll go after we record here. <laughs> um, I'm like uh, 41 degrees. No, I, I got to. Okay. Um, it was 32 degrees here this morning. Oh, yeah. So I got my hat sure. and my mittens and my scarf and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, but um, that's been working really well for me to get up first thing in the morning. I get dressed. I go out the door. Now I'm going to have to modify a bit, but I still have to keep that self-discipline in place. And I'm not going to stop because, you know, once again, once you stop, it's harder to get back to it. So I will be going after this recording. (laughs) (laughs) Up towards more of 50, low 50s, I think. So anyhow, but that's a a really good one. And in work or business or even in personal, you could have an accountability partner. Mm -hmm. Because then you're having someone who's kind of your, you know, on team Sandra or team Lisa or team, you know, whatever, whoever the person is. And you're holding each other accountable, which breaks it down into smaller pieces, right? Instead of loading everything up and then trying to do it all at once. You kind of pace yourself with an accountability partner and they hold you accountable. Yep. And on that note, I, um, I've had many accountability partners that Mm -hmm. really make things so much easier. And then the best part is you do it together. You're succeeding together. You're, you're moving together and, and then you're celebrating together because, you know, and then if things get hard, Especially when you're, you're talking about a, more of a, you know, a, a 30 day type of a goal is when things start to get hard, 
um, you have somebody to like bounce off of like, yeah. oh, I'm having a shitty day. You wouldn't believe yeah. what the cat did, you know, yeah. like whatever. Right. And, um, and you know what I found too, Lisa, is that just where the universe is right now, my rougher days seem to be rough going around, you know? So, so accountability partners are just great no matter what that is. And, um, I mean, honestly, you, I I've been looking for somebody to join me in this 21 day sugar-free, um, experience. And, um, but it was, you, nobody would join me. I've been doing this for two months, trying to find somebody I could sucker into, um, this 21 days. But then when you started your 30 day walk, mm-hmm. it like really was like, and I, you know, um, who, uh, who did you, who was the singer that like came up to you on day nine or 10? Oh, uh, Frankie Marino. Yes. That was so great. Right. So honestly, I bet you, I started my program when that happened. Cause it was right mm-hmm. around the same, like, Oh, there are miracles here. There yeah. are lots of miracles here that happen yeah. when you, uh, follow through on a commitment you make to yourself. Yeah. So the, the commitment I made when you're talking about the walk was I did a 30 day forgiveness walk and, um, I was letting go of some negative energy I had around, you know, someone in my life. And, um, uh, that was old, <laughs> it was old energy, life, lifetimes old. And it was, it's like, I had residual, like a little, a little, uh, sludge at the bottom of all the work that I had done around this. But ultimately, so on day six, I was, um, at a Frankie Marino concert and he came, <laughs> he came up through in the audience. It was at South Point. So there was quite a few people there and he came and he sat right down next to me and, uh, he was serenading me. He, I mean, like we were, face to face. He was like right up in my face and, and, uh, in a good way. Um, and looking in my eyes and then he put his head on my shoulder and I had my hand around him cause there wasn't a lot of room, right. To allow him in. And, and then I put my head on his head and it was, oh my gosh, it was just such a wonderful experience. And I know, you know, uh, as you, as I was releasing, you know, negativity, um, now I, you know, I, there was positive that was coming in, which is a lot of what we talked about in becoming a vibrational match, um, to the life you want in uh, one of our other podcasts. And so, um, you know, it, it opened up the space for that male energy. Cause this is, was a male I was working with as far as my forgiveness walk to allow that male energy. And is you know, I put it as I, I got the star of the show for the night, <laughs> right? At least for a few minutes, it felt like a longer, but, and it was really awesome. So, but again, it was, it's, uh, and now I'm done with the 30 day walk, but uh, forgiveness walk, which I just made up as I was out one day. And so, um, you know, but the discipline of it, and I was, it, it, okay, so here's another, a little piece about that, because on day nine, I was actually documenting the walk after I would listen to a Ho'oponopono prayer, which is a Hawaiian prayer about forgiveness. And um, on day nine, I was just like, eh, you know, I kind of want to move on to something else, but I'm not going to because I committed to my 30 days and you never know what's going to happen tomorrow or how I will feel tomorrow. I could have, you know, an epiphany tomorrow. And I literally said that, which was so prophetic because the next day was my breakthrough. It was my breakthrough day. And it was my breakthrough day because that day, is when it came to me to accept 
my side of the soul contract. And that was so powerful. And that's, again, this could be a, a definitely a, a subject that we cover in the future, but ultimately that was the day that was what released me. And day nine, I'm like contemplating, do I really want to do this and all that, which I talked about. And then the next day it happens. So it's, again, that persistence and that consistency that comes with self-discipline is so important. It's going to get you to the breakthroughs. It's going to get you to your goals. It's going to get you to where you truly want to be. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, I kind of am having the same, uh, man, I've had some days that I'm like, I, I, I just really need to open a bottle of Pinot Noir, maybe drink a gallon of it. <laughs> and I, I'm like, and then, and I, and I have to stop and think, you know, cause there's been some really stressful days, you know, we have friends of ours who are sick and dying and, um, and then we're just exposed to a lot of people. My husband and I are exposed to a lot of people and it, and it does take a toll, especially when we're having life happen at the same time. Um, so, you know, balancing out the energy of it all. And I can't remember what the details were around my, there was only one time so far. And I think I'm on day, I don't know, 18 or something like that right now, 19, maybe I'm right there. Um, where I was like, oh man, oh dear. Like, I just, I just want to have a glass of wine just for a minute, you know, and just, and just like, and then I thought maybe I will have Alan drink for me. (laughs) I said, because what am I going to get out of it? I am so close. I, I, I've never, I've never followed through on a commitment to myself like this. It's not about the food. It's not about the sugar. It's not about disciplining myself into, uh, after this whole, you know, horrific year, it's about me keeping a promise to myself. That's all that this is about anymore. That's it. And, and so I, I said that and I said, okay, uh, I will get nothing but disappointment. And so the consequence of me having a glass of wine without judgment, I wouldn't judge myself for having a glass of wine, but I know for sure I'd be so defeated because I didn't keep a commitment to myself. Yeah. So, and there are miracles and miracles have come since then, you know, and, it's, and, you know, you want to get your buy-in if you have family or you're married or, you know, you have someone in your intimate circle, like you get to do this footloose and fancy free. Cause you just happen to be single at this time, you know, and, and, you know, Eric, uh, Eric's out of the house. So, you know, it's easier. I don't want to say easier. Nothing's in this is easy. It's whatever you want to make it. Right. So, so I, uh, I let Alan know, I'm like, I need you to have a shot of scotch for me. I don't drink scotch. He does though. So, <laughs> and he's like, why don't you just have one yourself? And I, and, he, and he's so funny. He's like, just have a glass of wine. What's the big deal? Like he didn't care. And the next day I said, okay, I'm going to follow through on this. And he's like, I will support you. And I said, just because, you know, now it's a just because I said I would. And it's a promise to myself with all sorts of miracles in between. So, yeah, you know, you know, this is, you know, your, your wine has been, you've had a relationship with wine for a long time, you know, and, and so you're, you know, you're kind of always working with that on some level because it's been a, has been a strong relationship in different ways. So I love my wine. Not anymore. I don't even know. Not anymore. You're right. This has been a, 
struggle really You're breaking is- up with it. <laughs> yeah. You're breaking up with your wine uh, yeah. or at least on a part-time basis, you know, like, you know, right. we need to. Yes. Yeah. We need to change our relationship. Change the relationship with your wine. Yeah. We're changing the relationship with the wine. Yeah. Right. No judgment, so, just changing. Exactly. So let's move on to number two, which is uh, the things that keep us in chaos. And that is distractions. Distractions, they're all over the place. You know, social media, our phones, our technology everywhere, TV, if you're, you know, a TV watcher and all that. But it's just all the pings and our notifications and all these things are just there. Everything's trying to grab our attention. And one of the things that happens when that's going on is we we are constantly moving back and forth and we never get any momentum in our life. And there's a great analogy for this when it comes to um, uh, lions, actually. So lion tamers, one of the things that lion tamers, I don't know if they still use it or not, but they used to use the stool, right, to, um, you know, they had a whip too, but they had a stool that they would hold up the legs towards the lion. And it's like, why would that even bother a lion? Why would that make a lion passive? And it's because the stool has so many legs that the lion can't figure out where to, you know, where to focus and it confuses the lion. So now think of that does that to one of the most powerful animals on the planet. What's it doing to us when we have more than three legs of a stool or whatever, and we got them coming all over the place, but it makes us passive. It doesn't have us in our power. We, we start to get, you know, consumed by all the distractions and then we never get full uh, momentum into where we're where we want to go, even in the world of multitasking. I was you know, just like, going to say that. Yes, yes. Be careful, people. Multitasking is not a thing. It is. I feel like we are kind of brainwashed on that a bit because I used to think well, of sure. myself as an excellent, you know, multitasker. multitasker. Yeah. And now, like, even when I'm in the process of setting up customer accounts or in my business, if I'm on the phone with you, I will tell you, I'm going to send you three emails, but I can't do it while I'm talking to you because I can't multitask anymore. And mm-hmm. you know what? People laugh because they're like, yeah, it's really hard to do that. Yeah, it's yeah. impossible to be present with someone or something else when your mind or your activities it's, it's impossible. I can't do right now, Lisa, I can't send an email out while I'm talking to you. I can't right. do it. I mean, yeah. I could, but mm-hmm. then everybody would know that's watching this. What is Sandra looking at? What is she doing? She's not paying attention. She's not present. You are not present. And if anything else, that's really important to Well, even in just basic conversations, if you think about being in a conversation and if you find yourself thinking about something else, you have lost the thread of what the person's talking about. And if somehow they get to, you know, they're like, so what do you think about that? And all of a sudden you're like, oh no, (laughs) I was thinking about this over here. My husband does that to me all the time. What'd you say? I'm like, oh dear God, I'm just (laughs) getting better at this, Lisa. It's a work in progress, right? Him and I both, I mean, I... It's a, it, this is a skill, just like with the black belt to be present. Um, first of all, it, it's, it's, how are you going to understand the other person's perspective? How do you see their point of view? It's really important for us to try to understand what anybody around us, especially your children and your spouse, really, you want to, you want to, you want to make sure you understand how do they feel? What do they 
okay, I don't get it, you know, and wait, ask enough questions, try to listen, be present. Well, I mean, our mind is like when someone has the, you know, that difficulty in staying present because they got all these little own little inner notification pings going off in their head. I got to do this. I got to do that. And they, they have a hard time staying present and they're really missing that conversation like you shared. But ultimately there's something called context switching. And even in work, when we work, it's better to focus on one thing at a time or one, even one project at a time, depending on kind of how you work. But ultimately, when we add two things into the equation, our productivity level goes down exponentially. So now if you have three things that you're working on a day or four things or whatever, I mean, your productivity level is just plummeting. I don't know the exact statistics, but it's pretty, pretty major. Um, so look up context switching because it's it's a really big deal. And so when you focus on one thing at a time and just put a little timer on, you know, there's a, um, you know, focus on one thing for, you know, 45 minutes or whatever, and then go take a break and, and kind of flush it out and refresh and then come back and go at it again. But don't check emails while you're doing something else. Just do one thing at a time and it will help to to create that focused discipline because focus is a discipline too. You know what? You're you're moving right into the next bullet point mm-hmm. on self-discipline, which is clarity of goal. Yes. And I, y'all, I, I'm a party girl through and through with or without alcohol. It doesn't matter if there's fun to be had, I'm going to have it. And, uh, it, it's kind of, it's my personality to be happy and to have fun. Um, so, sitting down at a computer for me. I don't like a desk. I don't like things. Right. So, um, Lisa, when you and I started working about personality characteristics of our, of who we are inside, uh, even just identifying, Oh, I'm somebody who just needs fun. I don't want to be controlled. I just want to, you know, just be free. And I don't like things that cause me to have to sit still Mm -hmm. ever. Um, and it's only been a year since we've been, you know, really getting into some of the color code personality and where you have strengths, you also have limitations. And so working on my limitations, this was a really, really big one as far as self-discipline and it, and it took some time for me to, to get there, but I can't tell you how easy it is now for me to go, okay, all right, Sandra, enough with the I don't like to sit at a desk and I don't know you're right. This is my inner monologue um, telling me all the things I don't like. Uh, I just, I sit down now and I, and you also gave me this too a while back. I don't know if it was in the same time we were uh, Brian Tracy's eat the frog years ago yeah. um, or along the way. I can't remember, but you would tell me just take things in a 90 minute segment, mm-hmm. you know, and then at the end of 90 minutes or 60 minutes, Right. You said 45 minutes, you which find your own rhythm with that. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me now today, like I, you know, over this last year, I've been playing around with it. Like, okay. One of my not strengths, I guess you would call them limitations. I call it personality defects, but I'm working on my personality defects. One of them was like, I can't sit still. And so I don't like the desk and blah, 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 blah. I will tell you, I have, it. it it's right here. <laughs> I have a calendar. I got to get it for you guys because you'll be so proud of me. Um, 
and I don't want to say who's on here. So I will just say this. So I got a calendar, old school, right? It's in pencil. Why? Because it fits for me. I can do most things online. I can't do them all. Um, you know, like with the, I have a calendar in my phone, but my goals, my goals, when I write them out for the month, for the day, yeah, it's so much easier to get it done. Yeah. Clarity. Clarity, for sure. Clarity. And, uh, you know, I have uh, some goals I'm, I'm working on now around a new online program I'm doing, and I have the goals on my refrigerator. What I want to accomplish over the next 12 weeks, which is now 11 weeks, <laughs> right? And so, you know, but I have it on the refrigerator, I have it because then it just, it kind of sinks in and whatnot, which is why vision boards are so, um, uh, can be so effective because mm-hmm. if you've never done a vision board, you're just basically, I mean, there's different ways to do it, but you are, you're cutting out either pictures or using pictures, whether it's digitally or, uh, you know, paper or whatever it is. But what you're doing is you're putting on the board what you want, the goals in your life, whether it's a different house or it's a person, you know, a a relationship or it's health or whatever it might be. And by seeing that and reinforcing that this is your, your, you're using that mind as a tool, as we talked about in the last episode, use your mind and that's going to give your mind a place to go and start to manifest those goals. But you got to get clear and a vision board is a great way to do that and writing them out as well. Mm-hmm. You know, both go, go hand in hand. I mean, I think that the power that we have right now, uh, more than any other time, you know, when you either write them out, I think both are just, again, equally as important yeah. because what you want to do is you want to, again, coming back to the secret or, uh, Rhonda Burns book, the magic for me is a absolute staple. Uh, if I told you how many times I grabbed an accountability partner and said, Hey, Let's do this 28-day magic together. Uh, it's just a gratitude book. Yeah. And, and so when you um, write it out by hand, something happens in your brain. Uh, and I, scientifically, I can't uh, regurgitate that because that's not my wheelhouse as far as yeah. science goes. But neurologically, when your hand actually writes something out, and it's so weird too, try to write in cursive. There's a reason that they've taken handwriting out of school. Um, thank God we're in a school district that's bringing it back. I, I'll remember my grandmother, the, 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 the terrible woman that raised me. God bless her. Uh, anyway, I, her handwriting, she would have us. There were things that she did that she taught us. Perfection in handwriting. Like my hand, I have really not, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist like you, Lisa. So it's not perfect handwriting like grandma's is, but it's like, I was very serious in my handwriting and both of my girls too, they like to read, um, reading handwriting. So anyway, so write it out. It does something chemically to your brain that will ingrain what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Then when you create the vision board, look, you're thumbing through. I used to think this was such a stupid exercise, by the way, I'll throw myself under the bus vision boards. Um, before I would say the last two years, the last time I created a vision board was with Alan. I was doing the Tony Robbins, T. Harvecker, all of those live seminars and I'm all juiced up and it's like, okay, create a, um, a vision board. And I just ended my relationship, you know, with a wonderful man. And, uh, but it was time for me to level up in life. And so I was 28 years old and 
I created this whole vision board of my perfect husband. Like this is going to be the next, uh, this is going to be who I'm going to marry. I had the whole thing mapped out. And I think I'd already said this, but it's kind of funny too, because the one thing I didn't put in there is like no crazy ex-wife. Make sure when you're creating vision boards, you get real tight. I have, yes. And I have a, a little bit about that. Now I heard it secondhand and I don't really know who the person is. Who knows? Maybe it's a folklore. <laughs> but anyway, somebody had put the Marlboro Man on their vision board because Ooh. they liked the look of the Marlboro Man, mm-hmm. but they didn't want a smoker. So they attracted in the, the Marlboro Man look, but he smoked. So that's another you know, example of tighten up your vision board and your goals and the clarity get really clear because again, if it's like going to a restaurant, if you go to a restaurant and the waiter or waitress or whatever the politically correct way is to say it these days, um, uh, comes to your, to your table, you don't say, I just want dinner. Yeah. You say, I, I would like, yeah, I would like a ribeye, a bone in ribeye, extra, 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 extra burnt on the outside Medium rare, medium on the inside, no butter on the hot plate, please. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Meg Ryan had that down. <laughs> and sleepless that's my in husband's snow. that's my husband's steak. Yeah. So like I do it every time we go to a restaurant, just yeah. like that. Yeah. They screw it up sometimes. But well, we're clear. <laughs> yeah. They're clear. They just need a little clarity. Yeah. Okay, so let's go on to number four, which is instant gratification. That is one thing that will throw you off self-discipline like no other. Right. And that's because we, you know, we really are conditioned to have a short attention span anyway. So that's why this whole focusing is so important not to let the conditioning of today's society and technology weaken our power (laughs) by keeping a short attention span with all the swipes and the TikToks and the little, you know, everything's Mm got to be down to seven seconds these days. So one of the ways to a strategy to overcome that is the 10 minute rule. So let's say you want to, you know, you have a bowl of ice cream or you want a bowl of ice cream or you want something that, you know, maybe isn't maybe best for you, like sugar, right? Cigarettes, cigarettes, whatnot. Sugar. Instead of coming to that immediate gratification, right? Is just give 10 minutes before Mm -hmm. you do it. Mm -hmm. Now I would take it a step further and say, just be a little reflective and really pay attention to what it is that you're feeling because usually with immediate gratification, we're trying to not feel something, whether it's boredom or whether it's, you know, uh, uh, stress or anxiety or anger or whatever it is. So we go to these things as a way to get out of maybe something we don't want to feel in the moment, sometimes anyway. So that 10 minutes can just give you enough time to just be a little more intentional and give you a little more reflection on whatever that temptation is in the moment, that, that need for immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, actually, that's a really a part of our, our inner child, which is another subject. But, um, you know, I want it, I want it now. That's an inner child thing. <laughs> Whereas, you know, the, the mature part of you is, you know, delayed gratification, mm-hmm. right? Let's delay some of that gratification. And it'll be a lot more rewarding mm-hmm. when you can build that patience and recognize sometimes those immediate gratifications can absolutely throw us off course in our life, especially if they start to add up over time. And I think that that um, this whole immediate gratification thing, I think when you start anything new, no matter what it is, 
no matter what it is. Um, for me, this go around, it was, it's, it's sugar. Um, the first, I would say 10 days were pretty easy actually. Cause I, I was ready to experience headaches. I was ready to experience, um, I was ready to experience the withdrawal of sugar and sugar is a demon. Let me tell you. Um, and we're all addicted to it unless you have this perfectly clean diet, which by the way, going into this thing, it was wine and pizza and pasta. And it, I through this back injury thing. Um, I got to a point early into the summer where I went from, I would say I was in great shape before the injury in April, almost a year ago. And then by the time I got to the middle of summer, I had thrown in the towel. I'm like, I don't care. And in no judgment again, no, there was no judgment. And you know, me, Lise, we've, that's been for me. I've judged myself all over Timbuktu for as long as you've known me. And then longer than that. Um, so as I was releasing all the judgment to choices that I was making, I started to view things like wine or, you know, I, I, I quit smoking, uh, finally quit smoking. I was, most people don't even know I was a smoker. I was one of those closet smokers, which I got to tell you, that's the worst because now you're hiding it. Not only from other people, you really are hiding it. Anyway, that's a whole thing in and of itself. Um, but I finally, I finally quit July 3rd forever. And I can't tell you, like, I mean, Lisa, you know, that to be true people, I, nobody knows that, but I mean, as far as like, cause I kept it hidden from everybody, they including, do now. <laughs> my, including my husband, you know, like not that he didn't know what was going on. I mean, right. I was really struggling. And as I started to release all of this trauma that was built up and I identified, oh, this, even though I actually, with the smoking, I did identify the source. Like, why did I start in the first place? You know, I was 12 years old. There was a massive trauma injury. Uh, what I had in my mind, I had, because I'd quit, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. Mm -hmm. I, I could easily quit. If I had a trip, I'd quit. If I, I wasn't addicted the way that most people are, or they think they are. Uh, to cigarettes. It was always emotional. It was mm -hmm. always, always an emotional trigger that would, I would get really, uh, what would you say? You know, cause you've walked me through it. Was it control? I'd lose Anger. control. Oh, well, fire, uh, smoking is about fire energy, which is also anger energy, whether it's impatience or irritation or anger, you know, there's anger is a big family. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I had a lot to be damn angry about. And, <laughs> and you're not an angry person by nature. Right. And I think that's part of it. So you and better to smoke than to get angry, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, not that you were thinking that way, but that might have been on a subconscious level, what might have been yeah. going on. Yeah. I got to suppress yeah. this because that's not who I am and, and that type of thing. Yeah. And so, you know, after Miracle Monday again, which was June 19th, um, you know, to quit smoking and it was really kind of a fantastic thing. But <clears throat> when you, when you fix the trauma, your relationship with all of it changes. And so it's interesting what happened. So I had this understanding about where and when I, why I started smoking, when and where I was. I always remembered when and where I was. I remember that I was angry. 
uh, at my parents for accusing my mom's boyfriend at the time, who was just a wonderful man, loved us to pieces, taught me how to water ski, taught my sister how to run, taught my other sister how to bicycle, cycle, really cycle. Uh, just amazing. He's still in our life today. God bless him. Anyway, um, they accused him of molesting us and there were police and there were, it, oh my, I, you know, here I was 11, 12 years old and I'm screaming at my grandmother and every curse word known to man. Um, cause it was her that actually did it. But in this process of healing trauma, I then connected the two. Oh, in my parents' bathroom where I picked up my dad's marbles at that age, I was reacting to mm-hmm. that event. And once I connected the two, also healing and getting my timeline back and all of what had happened, then I understood, like, I don't need you anymore. Our relationship has changed. So I feel like that was not really where I was going on that point, but um, yeah, so it's, it's a powerful story anyway. So this Mm -hmm. is what we can all, we can all do with our superpowers. Yeah. And, and. Yes. So uh, obviously addictions can be a tremendous uh, distraction in our lives. And, and and it's often because we're just trying to direct our energy in a way. And so the lure of temptation and distractions becomes really strong in our lives. So, okay. Instant so now grat- Instant gratification. What would it yeah. give you in the end? Oh, immediate gratification. Yes. Uh, what did I say? Distractions? Yeah, it's the same. I mean, they're all, they're all, they're, all, kind of, the they're all together. They all work yeah. well together yeah. to keep us off track. And the yeah. last one for today is disorganized living, whether it's disorganized in your home or disorganized thinking as well, mm-hmm. right? We can have very disorganized thinking and have a hard time, you know, following through or, or, or following things, if you will, like directions or whatever, or just very scattered. Our energy can get really scattered and disorganized. I see that with people where it's just hard to like over here, over here, <laughs> reel it back in, you know, cause they're just boom, 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 all over the, like a pinball machine. You know, their energy can be like that. And that's very disorganized, which keeps them out of their power. But same for just our homes, right? Like you said earlier, I, I've got to keep an organized home. And that structure again is really important because without the structure, it moves into chaos. And I mean, you've seen these um, shows on hoarders and things like that. I mean, well, that's a whole nother story, but that's laden with heavy, heavy energy and very disorganized uh, thinking and whatnot. It's, it's very sad. Um, so one of the, the strategies for that, which is she became really popular years ago, and that's Marie Kondo. Um, and one of the things I would say that I pulled most from that is just start to take one area of your life and start to organize it. So where where she starts is, you know, with your clothes, like clothes, your shoes, the things you wear, that kind of stuff. Or I would start with the sentimental things. I would pull out boxes and it was a mishmash of all the different categories that she talks about. I think she has five categories or something like that. So you start with the easier ones and then you move to the hardest ones and sentimental and papers and things like that. You know, those are kind of the hard ones, the sentimental, especially what kind of do I keep this? It's, it's from when I was five and it's this junky little thing that, you know, is all chipped and whatever. <laughs> So I've actually thrown some of that stuff out. Um, I, I took a picture of it just to have it if I want the memory, you know, but but ultimately get rid of the thing 
And, um, and you know, that's where a lot of the emotional stuff is, which is why it's the last thing you go to, but mm. clothes and holding it up to you. Does this bring me joy? If it does keep it, if it doesn't give it away, throw it away, whatever it might be, you know, uh, most appropriate for, to help bring in that, that structure. Right. Well, I mean, even understanding structure, um, yeah. that, that happened to be one of my personality traits. Mm-hmm. We just discovered that in this last year that with my, that's a strength that's for me personally is I need to have structure. Look what's happened because of that one single, like that's Sandra's that's she needs that. Right. right. And, and so it's really helped me go, okay, in order for me to accomplish whatever task mission at all, what's the plan? I need a plan. I need to know. I, I need a plan. I can't just, fly. and I can fly pretty good because, you know, I'm a party girl. Um, but I, I absolutely need to know what are we doing? What's the plan? Um, and even in all this, you know, we've moved a handful of times. Um, the move from, from Las Vegas to Texas was, whoa, talk about we actually brought everything with us. It, we meant to, to, to do what you're talking about. Um, we cleaned out a ton of stuff, um, but we actually ended up taking a lot of it with us. And now what I'm doing is I am taking it one. I, I don't collect things, actually. I wish I had more sentimental value from when I was a child. I do have my original vaccine card <laughs> that somehow managed to go from kindergarten it's the thing my parents never lost. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but mind. anyway, you know, like I, I don't collect stuff. Um, every year that my kids go through school, I have a one folder, you know, and what makes the folder for the year, you know, is, is really uh, the most important. So I'm not really a clutter person, but you would really be surprised how um, important it is when you're really trying to uh, clear out, move energy, you know, refresh, um, who are you today, uh, and creating yourself, your new self, who are you today is to really look at, you know, do you have, like, I mean, my background, this is really my background, legit before you and I did a podcast. I'm very, I need, I need space. Yes. an organization. I just, and declutter. Yeah. Well, even if you think about feng shui, right? Now I'm not a feng shui expert, but I have a working knowledge of it. And it's like, if you have all your energy blocked in your surroundings, it's going to block the energy, you know, within you. So it's creating that flow of energy and, and so forth. I mean, there's clearly a lot more to that, but ultimately the general essence of, of feng shui is to keep the energy moving in a positive direction for your life. So you can't have all these blocks going on with junk and clutter and stuff that you don't need anymore and, and whatnot. Um, but it's, again, there's a, there's definitely a process to it. And I, I, I think Marie Kondo is kind of cool in that area. So if we kind of sum all this up for today and the power of self-discipline, it's really the bridge between creating your goals and achieving your goals. It is totally the bridge from those two points. You will become more productive. You'll be more focused. You will be more in control of your life, which every, I, I, you know, everybody wants control in their lives. Well, this truly is the key to move you out of that chaos and into you are the center of your control. 
And when you have self-discipline, you're going to feel it. And that will give you more power and confidence and all sorts of wonderful things um, in your life. So again, taking some of these suggestions and strategies and understandings to your life so that you can have more of that self-discipline. That's exactly right. And I would say to um, do something that is doable, pick something that for you is a slight stretch. Don't go 30 days sugar-free. I mean, unless that's what you, you know, you've kind of already been geared, like don't do what Lisa did. Don't do what I did. Do what you can do so that when you make that commitment to yourself, you follow through on it. Just a little bit of a stretch. Do something simple that at the end of the day you go, yeah, you know what? Today I did that or today I didn't do that and whatever that might be. So thank you, Lisa. And if y'all want to hit the subscribe button below, please, please, please leave comments. We are here for to be of service to y'all and uh, the comments would be very helpful. What would you like us to expand on? And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. Have a wonderful day. Let's be real.